Hey, hi, this is your host, Michael Hargis with Better Climbing Beta. And today, I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction, and I don't have a beer. Do you, do you see a problem with this, Tyler? Uh, okay, sorry. Well, I've just recently been promoted out of unpaid intern. I'm sorry. Let, hold on. I'll get you a beer. All right, here you go. Mm. Is this a fucking Bud Light? <laughs> I mean... Why am I drinking a Bud Light? Why? I, it's, I, this is, uh, it's this just is the be- lifeblood of our podcast. Okay. But, you know, I mean... We've got a budget, man. Give me a good beer. I want. I'm a sport climbing millennial. Okay, listen. I need craft beer. We've we've got some. I know we got some. Dude. We've got to be careful because give me that good good. Okay, here's so here's this beer I've had. It's it's from Taft's Taft's Ale House. Um, but you got to be careful because listen, we it costs craft beer costs money. It doesn't cost us money anymore. What? What do you mean? So. We're going to have a special guest on this episode podcast. Okay. One of our good friends. I don't know if he knows. He hasn't been climbing for a while. He kind of went off into the woods okay. and, and uh, entered the craft brewery market a little bit. Huh. He's kind of running things at Taft's. Really? That's why our mini fridge is stocked with their citrus IPA. Okay. Oh, those those yellow. Yeah, the I... yellow can with the you know bathtub type of thing. Huh. So you need to pull one of those bad boys out ASAP. All right, all right, hold and, on. I'll get. Hold on, I'll get it. All right, okay. Okay, so the these yellow citrus IPA. It's an India Pale Ale. Yeah, you don't have to make it sound like it's an ad. But <laughs> that's it, everybody. We made it again. I don't know how this is happening. I don't know what we did. We. I don't think we've done anything. We, really. We've just been shooting the shit on a microphone, so. People like it, apparently. Yeah. So first things first, everybody, we just want to announce that um, we have been partnering with Taft's Brewing Company out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Our good friend, Whit Hesner, is working with Taft's, and he's reached out to us. He's a rock climber and has been a part of the community for a very long time. And he just said that he's really psyched on what we're doing, and he wants to help us out, and he wants to help out the podcast. So uh, they're actually a partner of the podcast, as, as well as Vanderwall Climbing. Yep. Those guys are doing great things out at uh, out in California. So I do want to hype them up personally, so I sent some shoes out to them. And I've been climbing. They resold them, sent them back to me. They've mm. been amazing. I've been loving climbing in my – I have my shamans. They resold them. They've wow. been performing amazing. So Dude, shout, shout out to Vanderwall. Shout out to those guys. Much love. We appreciate all of our sponsors. Um, and – I just want to say this episode is going to be a lot of fun. We sit down with Wit, who works with Tafts, and kind of get into a little bit about injuries and what he's sustained and what maybe I'm sustaining or what other climbers have been sustained. So I don't want to ruin too much. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to this. And just stay tuned. Hi, hello. This is your host, Michael Hargis with Better Climbing Beta. Today is a special day. 
we have a special guest and a returning co-host. Returning. Yeah. He hasn't kicked me off yet. <laughs> Tyler Carson. That's Tyler. That's me. Co-host. Yeah. Co-host. I was told today, actually, I talked to somebody, and he's like, you better never give up like the constant title changes because that's like my favorite part. Well, about the I feel like it's like a Cinderella story. Right. You know, I come up, I was an unpaid intern. And then I was, and then you like, were a paid. I was intern. a paid intern. So he had stock in the in the Heck yeah. company. And then I was a special guest. Pretty so nice. So it's just it's a big comeuppance. And but anyway, you actually hosted one. I did get to like yeah. solidly host only because he was out of town, and we had to get it taken care of real quick. So yeah, but, but it was you know. But let's good let's introduce builder. the person who is important to this right. episode. We have a special guest, a young man with a ton of experience and a. Very beautiful industry that someday maybe Tyler and myself would like to participate in. But he's also a rock climber. We, we have our friend, Mr. Wood Hester. Hey, how's it going? I'm so stoked to have you on. <laughs> I am very excited to be here. Um, my first time on a podcast. There you so. go. We're, we're like a, we're not your conventional podcast. I feel yeah. like a lot of people, at least in the climbing world, they go and they search out like pro climbers, which there's nothing wrong with that. We just don't know any. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't been able to be like, hey, you're a pro climber. And so, and you know, the thought process behind the podcast is like half, all of the community pretty much is not a pro climber. Right. So we're not pro climbers. We're not, you know, we don't know everything about rock climbing. So we don't know most things about rock yeah. climbing, so if being honest. Why not talk a bit about it? So today's episode, we're going to talk about injuries. And the reason why Mr. Witt is on is because he's had a little bit of an injury and I'm currently injured. So, uh, but before we go down that rabbit hole, Witt, do you mind, you know, just telling us how long you've been climbing, what you do in your free time when you're not climbing? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been climbing for, uh, five years now. The glorious co-host here actually was the one who taught me, uh, how to lead climb. So getting back to the roots and uh, been going down to the red and obviously climbing at Rockwest all the time and uh, also right in the middle of the beer business. There, wow. There it is. So The beer business. The beer business. So go into some detail. What exactly do you do in the beer business? So I work for Taft's Brewing Company. Uh, we got a couple locations. Uh, the, the, the big one is the Ale House down in OTR. That's where everybody's been to. And then we've got our production facility over in uh, Northside right off of Mitchell right. on 75. Uh, I am in the operations management side of the business and, uh, I love it. It's great. The, the liquid's great. Uh, r- real, real cool group of people that we sure. work with. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here, talk beer, talk climbing and talk yeah. injuries. So, you know, obviously if you've, if you've been in your industry as a, uh, an, an operator, you know, in the ops field for breweries, how long were you in that before you got into rock climbing? Oh boy, that went back to 2000 and 2009. I was volunteering uh, as a janitor nice. at uh, Yazoo Brewing Company in Nashville, in Nashville Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. So, wow. I uh, started school right outside Nashville, Tennessee yeah. in 2009. So my mentor Linus Hall, uh, I was showing up at the. Uh, at the brewery, they've got a they got a beautiful brewery now. But back in the day, it was a teeny tiny little yeah. oh yeah hole in the wall. And I was showing up and mopping the floors and cut my teeth there. And uh, nice. 
came back to Cincinnati and, and, and have been entrenched in the industry here in Cincinnati since. So so are um, you from Cincinnati? I am. Oh, Born cool. and raised. Yeah, I was down there. I was uh, right after school. I went down there. was in manufacturing. So uh, some experience in the manufacturing side has lended itself pretty well to the brewing side as well. Perfect. And that's a crazy, because 2009, it was kind of like, there were just a couple breweries down there. Uh, yeah, they were they at, were the only one. At the point, right. right. And since then, you've had a couple others, but it's a, I, I always get spoiled up here. People don't realize when they leave Cincinnati that there aren't just a thousand breweries everywhere. Right. Like you go down there, but Nashville's really come up too with the, in the beer scene. But still, I always I, I go down to gas station. I'm like, let me pick up some local brews, and they're like, oh, we got PBR. And I'm like, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that, but I can get that up in Cincinnati too. So sure. up here, we get a little spoiled with all the beer. So, so. what what got you into rock climbing? Uh, well, I had been um, I'd always been kind of enamored with the idea of the the Red River Gorge, and you hear these people talk about it, and they say, hey, you know, this is a this is a top destination in the world. And then you're like, what? It's two, what, two and a half hours right. if you're cruising? And uh, I just never had had any of the technique. I never really understood it or knew what it was. But I was like, I've got to, I got to f- figure out what this thing is. It's like, what do we have that's top destination in the world near Cincinnati, Ohio? There's not a whole lot of things, especially as outdoorsy as, as the rock climbing side of it is. So that was kind of the initial thing that got me into it. Uh, and then obviously hit the gym. Um, and, and really just kind of took off from there. So it was, you know, it wasn't anything in particular. It wasn't like a glorious, like epiphany. It was like, Hey, I'm going to go up to rock quest and, uh, did some top ropes and some auto belays. And you guys know that always, that's kind of how it always starts. And then you get the bug and, uh, that's where we got that. That's, that's, I remember the first time I ran into you, um, outside climbing, you were climbing with a couple of my friends uh, Nick Summy, I think Jamie Rancic, who's been on the podcast, and I ran into you. I'd seen you at the gym before, and I think I ran into you in the parking lot, and we were you were just like drinking a beer um, on the tailgate. Uh, yeah, it was so, uh, the West Sixth IPA. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one too. Yeah, so the West Sixth. So, I mean, were you ever? Being that rock climbing is so outdoorsy and so active, were you surprised by how much, you know, beer and rock climbing go hand in hand? You know, I, so, so, uh, Tyler here kind of, uh, was my mentor in the gym and then Nick and Jeremy really were kind of the two that took me under the wing outside. You need a little bit more maturity in your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, they kind of took me under their wing outside of the gym and, uh, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, just, you know, starting to climb some moderates at the gym and, and we'd kind of talk some beer. It's pretty tight knit at rock quest, great community. And, uh, you know, we, we finished the first day and, you know, I'm, I'm staring at my Grigri, like paying attention to my break hand, you know, yeah. just trying to just do all the fundamentals, you know, yeah, doing my safety, oh, can't oh, kill I, anybody. You know, I, you know, asking him, making sure he's like double backed. He's like, Hey, you just asked me. I was like, shoot, sorry. You know, <laughs> just got, had all the nerves. And so we get through the day and, and we were, uh, God, where did we go the first day? I, um, I think I ran into you at sore Hill, like near like crossroads or, or, yeah, is that over by uh, what is that one that's over there? That's got the the big five ten A that's up on the arete there ish. Mm. 
Uh, oh, uh, brief history. Yeah, 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 brief history of climbing or whatever Something it was. Like and there's that, yeah. that real nice five eight. Yeah, that, that's kind of off to that's the left. That's twenty seven years of climbing. Yeah, twenty seven yeah. years of climbing. Yeah. So that um, you were in the gallery. Yeah, we were in the gallery. And there. that was before they had cut the trail at the top of the hill of yeah. Sore Hill. Oh, yeah. So you actually had to drive all the way down the bottom of Sore Hill and yeah. then hike to the back of the gallery where those climbs are. But they've put a trail in ever since. That road's gotten terrible. But yeah, you wouldn't make that in your Prius anymore. No. Yeah. Well, the even the the climbing, I remember there was so much erosion there. I, I think they've done a lot of work like on the trail days yeah. and, and trying to improve yeah, that. They're really trying for the, the sustainability of everything. Yeah. So, And, but, I mean, that's something, too. It was like, um, you know, we're not, we're not preserving. We're just trying to conserve. Sure. And that's kind of the premise, right? It's like we want to preserve this, this – uh, these landmarks and stuff like that. So you weren't surprised at all that, you know, people want to have a beer like at the crag or after the crag. So the brief history of climb, right? I think yeah. it was a 10 a, I think it was the first 10 a I ever sent. And, and I remember going up to the top, there's like a weird little bouldery move at yeah, the start. That's a and, proud send, dude. Yeah. It was, it was a great send. Yeah. you're kind of, it's kind of, there's some real nice flakes up along the side. It's yeah. a little overhung at the top mm-hmm. and you're leading it for the first time and you get that anxiety and, so I come down and I'm just like, yeah, super, super stoked on that. And, and first day out. So we get, we get back to the lot and, uh, Nick has a, uh, uh what is it? A Tundra? That, that oh, red? he's got a Tacoma. Yeah. Or Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Tacoma. And you know, he flips back. He's got the big, uh, the, the big extended thing, cap, thing. The yeah, cap. Extended yep. cap on the, on the back of the truck. And then freaking sure enough, man, the, the, the cooler comes out yeah. and there was the, the West six, uh, IPA. And I was yeah. like, all right. I'm down with that, and then uh, yeah, we always kind of had a one upper on the on the beer game. Jeremy would always bring something. Nick yep. would always bring something. I'd always bring something, and uh, it was great, man. Just loved it. It was the that was the moment. Yeah, where you're like, okay, this all makes sense. Definitely, so. and I think because um, I obviously I, I climb with those guys too, and it's like the crag, the sin beers, or that's what we always call them, the sin beers. And uh, spoiler alert: you can have a sin beer without ever you sending. know sending. That's kind of like my favorite part yeah. is a lot of times I don't send, so I just get a beer. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of something fun to do, and you just kind of relax. You know, you chill Absolutely. out. Um, but I remember there's been a time where I got some beers, and I my friend from Charlotte visited, my buddy uh, Kurt Fisher. And anytime I see him, he always brings me beers from Charlotte. And um, I saw Nick Summy's truck and Jeremy – I knew they were climbing like a couple hollers away, and I just left beer on their window, sh- on the window, and uh, they were they, you know, I didn't leave a note or anything because you don't have service down there, and I ended up talking to them later, and they're like, dude, somebody just left beer at our place, like, I I don't even know, like, how did they know? I'm like, that was me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a noble gesture! Yeah, wow, people are are, are really kind. But, you know, this community is great. So, so that's yeah, I mean, that's that's always good to hear. So I know we haven't seen you for a while though. Yeah. I, uh, I was, I was doing a lot of climbing. We got through, uh, this is two years ago now. We got through a heavy season and was just having a blast. Climbed as strong as I'd ever climbed. And we were training. I was doing a program with Jeremy and Nick and it was, uh, strength and endurance, uh, and power endurance. And it was like a three, I can't remember all the specifics of it, but um, you know, the, the strength side was bouldering and, um, you know, 
it was still getting accustomed to the bouldering side of uh, the training. I was doing a lot of endurance, a lot of power endurance, and you know, working the overhung route, you know, up on the backside of the gym, up at Rock Quest. And they're saying, hey, you know, like this is really the next thing that you need to be doing to, to kind of get to that next level. I can't remember what the grade was at sure. the time, but yeah, you know, it was you, you, there was gains, yeah. right? And uh, so we we're just getting into the bouldering. I've been doing the bouldering for probably at that point maybe like two or three months yeah it hadn't been very long it hadn't been very long and and really over even over that two or three months like i was starting to learn the, the body movement you know staying close to the wall mm-hmm. um getting up on those real big what is that like the 60 degree yeah, or whatever yeah. they called it mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know everybody you know jeremy and nick were always like hey you know just make sure that you're doing you know plenty of plenty of warm-up because mm-hmm. um, it's it's just a lot more rigorous you know there's a lot it's a lot more what dynamic as opposed to static throw going for throws yeah. and, and well on every like move that. people forget like on bouldering within that certain grade like every move is that grade you don't really get a rest you don't get to be like oh here's a good rest job it's like hard on your body consecutively so sure you know you're and you're you're literally always climbing at your limit when you're you know when you're pushing your grade bouldering so oh, yeah and uh yeah, that, that's exactly right. So it's, it's it, it was the first bouldering. I'd never gone to climb time. I, I started on ropes, so I'd, I'd never gotten into that. It was just kind of the the next uh, portion of my progression, and uh, so I was, I'd always ta- I'd always taken the warm ups really seriously. Yeah, um, they'd always kind of heated that and been like, look, like you don't want to have an injury, you don't want to have any kind of issue where you know you're hurting a finger or you're you're doing something to a tendon. And uh, so I was always very, very uh, cognizant of that. And uh, and this was right after right after the season. I think it was like in November or December. Uh, might have even been into January. I can't remember the exact date. Yeah, I think it was January. Yeah, if you're training, it's probably that time of year. Yeah, January. I think it was January. And um, I'd come in, and and it was a it was a bouldering day. And uh, I was we you know we were warming up, and it was um, if you, if you walk in, it was the left side of the boulder. And, you know, it was just, it was a V zero and, uh, I was, you know, just kind of stretching out, hanging there. And, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to. I might've been talking to you or something. I can't remember what was going on. I wasn't really paying attention. Just kind of, you know, uh, threw a hand up there on just a monster jug and, uh, was kind of looking the other way. And, you know, it was literally my first hold of the day and my foot slipped just off of another jug. I wasn't, I wasn't paying that close of attention. And literally it sounded like somebody had shot a cap gun and I, uh, yeah, I detached uh, the flexor tendon in my left uh, index or my left ring finger. So it was, uh, you know, it was that moment. It's like when you're watching a football game and somebody goes down and everybody like puts a knee down and they're all like. You know, you know, everybody's Damn, saying yeah. their prayer, and it was like everybody was just like coming around. And, Did a cart come out for you? Oh uh, yeah, there was a cart. It was, it was, it was. <laughs> you give pretty, like the peace sign. You got the epic. applause on the way. Out. Yeah, pretty epic. Man, and that's, that's, so prior to that, did you have like? Did you have any symptoms? Like, were you like, nothing. man, my finger's a little achy? Nothing. No. Wow. So you're nothing. going cold. Cold. Just like. On a V zero on the flat side of the wall, it wasn't even like the the heavy invert. It wasn't anything. It was yeah. just it was unfortunately it was just carelessness. Uh, at the end of the day, it was you know even on that V zero, you're coming in cold. It was cold out. You yeah. hadn't done a route. I hadn't done anything, and so, I was just kind of yucking it up and and not focusing uh, on on what I was doing. And sure enough, my my foot slipped off of a, a, a monster, and everything went on to that hand, and I wasn't expecting it. And yeah. Uh, 
detached uh, detached a tendon there, and then also uh, ruptured a tendon up in my wrist as well. So wow. yeah, I mean you were you were out because that was one I remember we had a couple like misscheduled like let's take a trip out oh that didn't work okay next week that didn't work and then you hurt your like it was like okay i'm not climbing for a while (laughs) oh what happened you know so and then you were you were out for a a long time well i i'd come i i I went and got an mri um and here's here's something that's uh a little strange but but real is is i went to and got an mri and, and the doc told me gave me the bad news on that and my wrist the wrist was bad too but their finger was the was the worst part and, you know, the first question he asked me is, hey, does this impact your ability to do your job? And I'm thinking, you know, no. Why? Why are you asking? And uh, sure enough, they uh, they denied. Like he said, the only way that I could get it fixed, you know, permanently was with surgery. And it was going to be uh, he's like, it's going to be a thirty thousand dollar surgery. And uh, and I was like, ah. Man, <laughs> I don't maybe have I do need this. Dollars. Maybe I do need this finger for my job. Yeah, <laughs> holy crap! So uh, yeah, I, I took a whole bunch of time off. I did a lot of uh, just you know rehab, a lot of mm-hmm. um, you know just trying to keep off of it. They you know I had a splint, I had a wrist splint, I had metal splint, and that was for like four months. And it was just. Did you wear that splint to sleep? Uh, I did not wear it to sleep. I wore it all the rest of the time, though. Um, I just. Um, my wife was having wrist issues and okay. uh jamie jamie rinsick has had it, wrist issues and he said um he you you know the only way he ever got rid of those issues was he would wear wrist guards to sleep at night and it's because in your sleep you have these uncontrollable spasms mm-hmm. or your body tight you know will yeah. start to tense up you'll curl your wrist and all those things um so i wonder if you know if you experience something similar again maybe you should consider sure but I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not a doctor. That's the first, <laughs> I just play one on, on first a time I've heard of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, at the, uh, you know, the, the rehab was going on and on and, you know, I, I, I stopped in, you know, maybe six months after that and tried to get on it and man, it was just like no freaking way. And it was sore for, you know, months and months and months. And here we are like two years later and I ran into you guys yeah. and I've been back now five times yeah. and, um, shockingly knock on wood somewhere climbing pain free so Um, i mean did you get like what made you go back in the gym um recently just the love of it i mean i've I've got you guys are great friends of mine yeah you know it's it's uh just getting back into that uh you know reconnecting with nick reconnecting with jeremy Mm -hmm. reconnecting with you guys and, and kind of just that that dimension of my life that was missing uh just the outdoor aspect and like you know, I, I feel like since I never had the surgery, I know that it's it's never going to be what it was, and it's never going to be that um, that level of strength and confidence when you're going for like a strong cramp sure, and you're yeah. freaking pumped out. And uh, I came to peace that I can climb moderates, sure, and be a part of the community. Um, yeah. And that's that's. Well, have you ever tried trad climbing? I have. I did do a bit of trad. As a matter of fact, I, I went out to Yosemite. Uh, I went out to Boulder Canyon nice. and did some trad, just some real easy, nice kind of like slabby. What's that? You in, were you in Eldo and at Boulder? Uh, I was in Boulder Canyon. It okay. was. I think it was called the Sport 
the sport wall okay. or something like that. But there were some real nice five eight, five yeah. nine moderates. And uh, I've also got another mentor that's out there. His name is Brandon. And uh, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? <laughs> uh, but he's out. Uh, he's out in Breckenridge. As a matter of fact, I was just texting him today, and nice. uh, we're going to meet up. But yeah, we did. We did Boulder uh, right before uh, Great American Beer Festival. We nice. met up and did Boulder Canyon together. So that's sick. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. So. I think at the end of the day, it's what brings you back to it is just the love of it, being sure. out there um, and, and just realizing that, you know, it's not going to be, I'm not going to be in those those mid-11s any longer. Sure. And, and I think you can be, though. Really? I mean, I mean, to be honest, you know, and maybe I'm just being optimistic because I'm injured right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm like, you're yeah, making but you didn't you, get hurt climbing though. So that's the struggle, man. I've never been hurt climbing. So I think I'm just doomed. Like if I am going to get hurt climbing, your boy might be dead. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I so just, share what, how did you get hurt? And what, what happened there? Oh, man, I don't want to steal the light from wit, but you are making me feel better because yeah. you're like, I got injured and then like I came back and I can still do this thing. So, um, I recently went on a, a skiing and snowboarding trip with my wife and, um, her family. And we decided this Christmas that instead of getting each other gifts, that we would purchase like a a snowboarding skiing trip. So we went to Snowshoe, West Virginia. We stayed at the lodge. We got some ski lifts and all that stuff and the rentals. First day there, I'm like, I've skateboarded for like 14 years. And everyone's always told me, dude, if you skateboarded, get on a snowboard, you're going to kill it. And I'm like, okay, so... I get on this. I get on the snowboard. I feel like that's dangerous advice. So I get on the snowboard <laughs> and I'm just getting absolutely obliterated. Like I can, I can barely stand up. I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, there is no, nothing like this. Nothing it's about not this is skateboarding, right? Um, and but I slowly start to figure it out. And I go down the mountain once, and I kind of figure out how to stop. I figure out how to go front side, backside. I'm figuring out how to carve and. From my first run, I've increased my ability like 100%. It's crazy. Nice. Like my second run, I, I'm in the lift, and I get to the top, back to the top of the mountain, and I'm going down, and I'm like dodging people. I'm stopping when there's somebody in front of me. Like I'm feeling really, really good. And my wife has skied a couple times. <clears throat> Excuse me, but she's not like amazing by any chance. But I'm keeping up with her before she had to wait on me. And, you know, third time going, I'm like, I'm going to just rip it down this, this mountain. Like, I'm like, holy crap, I feel so confident. Um, and I ride motorcycles too. And this is the same thing that gets you in trouble with a motorcycle is at first riding a motorcycle is a little scary. But and then, then it's like, when you overcome the fear, you start getting confident. When you start getting confident, you start getting dangerous. And that's exactly what happens on the snowboard. Um, I might do a, a little bit of foreshadowing right there. But so we're, with, we're, we're together at the top of the mountain on my third run. And the whole family's like, let's race down the mountain. I'm like, okay. So I'm, they're all skiing and I'm snowboarding. And I was like kind of getting to the front of the mountain with only one boot in. And I was just kind of pushing along in the mountain. So I sit down at the top of the mountain, getting ready to strap in my left boot. And I guess the family didn't see that I wasn't ready to go. And they just start heading down the mountain. So they get a head start. And I'm like, oh, screw that shit. Like your boy's coming down. I'm coming down fast. So you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, so I start ripping down this mountain with minimal, uh, minimal skill probably, and just kind of going straight down the mountain. And I'm starting to uh, carve backside, and I catch an edge, 
And instead of putting my arms out, because I knew if I put my arms out, I'd probably break my wrist. And I learned that in skateboarding. I dropped my left shoulder and immediately just hear like a, you know, just like this. I couldn't tell if it was the snow or if it was like physically some kind of like bone or muscle cracking. But I kind of laid there and my shoulder was like immediately aching. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I've never really broken a bone or anything, but I have, you know, dislocated dislocated my shoulder or, you know, rolled an ankle or hurt my wrist. And I was like, shit. And I remember telling my wife before we left this trip, I was like, man, this trip is going to be awesome as long as I don't hurt myself so I can't rock climb anymore. Because oh, no. <laughs> I was thinking, man, why did I quit skateboarding? Oh, because I kept getting hurt when I was skateboarding. Right. <laughs> that I couldn't rock climb anymore. So, uh, luckily, my mother-in-law was there. Shout out to Tammy Dietzer. Tammy Dietzer. She's a physical therapist, so she immediately... I don't know who she is, but she sounds great. She's amazing. She's a great physical she's, therapist. She, she, she does it. If you're at Rap Cross long enough and like multiple days on, she donates her time for climbers at Rock Quest yeah. uh, to look at. And she's like, I've gone mm-hmm. in like, my neck's a little hurt. And she's like, oh yeah, this vertebrate's out of alignment. Pop, you're good. Like, yeah. that's it. She's so amazing. So immediately, I've, I mean, I did fall kind of towards the bottom of the mountain, so I didn't have to go very far. But I get down to the bottom of the mountain and I, you know, I tell her what happened. She goes, oh, you probably separated your shoulder. Like, Were you like from, woozy at that point? No, I wasn't woozy. I was, and don't get me wrong, it was kind of funny. So I eat it really hard, and I eat it right kind of in front of the lift. And I noticed that, like, right before I ate it, the lift stopped. And I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm laying down. And I look up at the lift, and there's, like, a group of three people sitting there. And they're, like, all shaking their heads, like, oh, no. <laughs> so, like, so it looked I'd gnarly, <laughs> you know? I'm, like, oh, shit. So I'm just sitting there kind of, like, I know I'm kind of screwed. So I waited a little bit before I got up and that's why everybody was waiting for me at the bottom of the mountain. They're like, what the hell? Where's Michael? And then I show up and I'm like, Hey, I think I messed myself up. And that's when Tammy, you know, did a little bit of a self diagnosis and was like, from what you've told me, you've sustained a AC separation. Um, but I won't be able to tell you the grade cause they range from one to six, six is extremely severe. That means you pretty much have had a complete separation uh, of your AC joint. So your AC joint is what helps connect your clavicle to your actual shoulder. Okay. Um, it's actually just a lig. It's a group of ligaments, right? Cause that's how you connect bone to bone is ligaments. And typically if you do like a grade one or grade two, you've really just kind of sprained some of the ligaments. It's, it's not until you get to a grade six that you've really damaged and maybe potentially severed some of those ligaments, um, and, and that joint range. So, she she kind of did a, a physical diagnosis and was like, I think you sustained maybe a grade two separation. So she, she says I need to uh, not do anything with my arm for probably two weeks. And then I can start doing physical therapy. And then she'll obviously give me workouts. And uh, I'm probably going to be out for six weeks maybe. Before wow. I can, I definitely won't be a hundred percent for at least eight to 10 weeks. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, man, got a little, a little sad in here. <laughs> let me, l- let me give you some advice. Okay. okay thanks, don't, I need so, this. Here's some advice for you because I, 
It's interesting when you have an injury, and you're talking eight to ten weeks. My doctor was telling me months to years, so it's a very wow. different yeah. situation that you were in. Um, but I think it's it, it's kind of it's good to say these things out loud and, and like hear other people say this. But like I was really embarrassed. Really? Yeah. So don't like don't go down that rabbit hole. Like I remember I remember going in there and everybody was like texting me and hey we miss you at the gym. We know you're hurt. Come out there. Yeah. And I was like I was embarrassed because I just couldn't do what I was doing sure. and um you know don't don't go down that hole because that was yeah. you know it's 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 out of your control. I feel pretty bummed out to be honest. I mean. I'm so that's, sure, I'm sure you felt extremely. Oh, it was out. horrible. Yeah. yeah. So that's like, I mean, this is obviously the whole. The what we're talking about here is, you know, what's the nature of in, injuries and what you can do. And I think the hardest thing about climbing, above a lot of things, when you get hurt, climbing injuries keep you from climbing. And the problem is, it's such a lifestyle choice that, like, we find our identity in the actual thing. And when you when you get that sort of injury you can't keep doing your thing. thing you find right. you found your identity i mean i've always said like the two things and me and michael we've had this conversation all the time but it's climbing and music like that's the two constant things that have always been in my life unfortunately like a injury would keep me from doing either of those things right sure. so like i you know you you sit here and be like oh i hurt myself and you know we i think it's hard because a lot of other sports, you get the no pain, no gain thing. Like you tear a muscle, it's not a big deal. Like work through it. And like working out does tear your muscle. That's how muscles get stronger. But tendons, if they get damaged, they don't heal back 100% ever. So, or ligaments, yeah. Or ligaments, right. yeah, yeah. Any sort of, I mean, and wit, you've already said it. Like you, because you haven't gotten the surgery, you, there's a certain aspect of climbing. You may or may not be able to push anymore, right? Right, right. And, I think it's it can be really hard to separate. So I'm going to go on a limb and say I don't think that's true. I think, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a doctor, but I think you can push push your grade. Um, you just have to be more aware. Just be more aware. So I don't mean to cut you off, Tyler, hey, but hey, I, I kind of want to dive deeper into your injury. Because sure. my injury is like I was doing something reckless and I hurt myself. Your inj- injury is way more relatable um, to the climbing community. So right. do you think you should have been training the way you were training? Do you think that led to overuse and eventually weakened that you know ligament or tendon? God, in your that's wrist? such a hard question. Not, no, we're not yeah. putting Nick or, or Jeremy on, on blast or anything, but I'm just curious if you, you know, I always say the new climber really is the most dangerous person at the gym and at the crag. Oh, yeah. And the new climber is, A, going to hurt themselves or hurt someone else. It's because of inexperience. Mm -hmm. They may hurt you because they're an inexperienced player, an inexperienced climber, like on a route or whatever. But then an inexperienced climber can also hurt themselves training, right? So overuse, doing workouts. And I can tell that there is a difference in jeremy and nick's probably climbing skill compared to where your climbing skill was when you guys started training right so it's like me oh. going in there and trying to power lift the same as like someone who's been power lifting for like a year you know we can't both be doing the same weights yeah that's a great i mean i to be honest with you i'd never even really considered that only because i was like 
I was on a V0 uh, with when massive jugs, but I never guess. I guess I never really considered whether or not that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, you know, like was that sure. just the the point at which you know you you yeah. really uh, tried to do too much too fast? Well, there's a couple things too that I don't think people realize. That, so, yeah, obviously, like I work at the gym and. I'll have people all the time like, hey, I'm feeling this thing. And is this bad? Is this good? I don't know. And I'm always like. You're like, whoa, Diane, if you don't love him, you need to leave the relationship. Right? It's not good for you. (laughs) But tendon injuries. We all know what like a muscle pain feels like. I mean, we just were used to bruising and all that other stuff. And people like, my fingers are a little tweaked. And I always ask like, is it muscle or tendon? Because those are two completely different injuries. And people are like, I don't know. And so I'm like doing my best as not a physical therapist. Like I'm like, okay, does it hurt here or here? And I'm like, okay, that feels like the tendon. Okay, what do I do? You know, and it's hard to diagnose tendon pain if you've never felt it. Because I can't, how do you describe that to someone? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what the, well, it, it feels kind of like this, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, know what it, you know. And, and so I think a lot of people, again, in a lot of other avenues, shake it off, rub some dirt in it, you'll be fine. Right. And I think to your point, you know, to your point, Mike, I should say like training and all that, you stop, you don't know when you're reaching your limit as far as what your body can and can't handle. So it's like, okay, I'm feeling a little, t- I don't know, maybe it's just a high gravity day to day, right? I'm just yeah. feeling a little Or weak. I'm not warmed up enough. I'm not right. warmed up. So fine. And really you're pushing your body's about to say, Hey, you need to stop this because it's hurting. And sure. I'm not going to bounce back from this. And until you've experienced that, I, to your point, Mark, I'd say you've got new climber. And the other th- thing I see a lot, speaking from experience as well, is someone who climbs has a young like high school and then they don't for a little bit and then they come back and try to train similar levels when, okay, you're 16, your body can handle a lot of abuse. You're 38, mm-hmm. your body's not going to handle the same amount of abuse. But we don't know, oh, we're just climbing. And so... I think part of that is you don't know. And it's obviously, I mean, we can't look back two years ago. But. I do distinctly remember when I started working in the, when the boulder, you know, when I started working in the boulder trade, when it was, I'd have a day or two a week. I can't remember the exact regimen, but I remember my hands just being sore and I'm like, oh, like this is good. Like I'm making progress. But to your point, it's like, are you really making progress? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. So, here's my two cents. How long were you climbing before you started this training regimen? That was going to be my... That was after my second full season at the Red. Okay. So, full. So that, is that like about a year then? I would say it was a, about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah so you were probably pushing two years. Yeah, I was getting not. right. I okay. think coming into March, April was really the first time that I'd gone down. You know, and that happened in that January, so a little less sure. than two years, I okay. would say. And then, had you ever bouldered before, or had you just really? I just started that, and it was like the what, what do they call that? Where it's like the different types of training. It's uh, called linear progression. Linear progression. So the uh, the idea is that you train one one I don't know discipline of rock climbing for six weeks, yeah, like exactly. strength is usually the first because strength right. takes uh, the most time and then it it lasts the longest. And then next you would build power, which is kind of the same orientation as strength. 
um, but it's based off of movement. And then you would, re- and then six weeks later you would start doing endurance so that towards the end you actually can use your strength and power, um, and not pump out in the first, like, you know, 15 moves. Right. So, um, but I've also seen it the other way around, you know, train endurance first because endurance, you know, you need some form of endurance before you can start training power and, and so on and so forth. But that's what it sounds like you're doing. Um, now, and spoiler alert, I'm not a training guru. If you want to, if you're listening to the wrong podcast, you want to like <laughs> know about how to train. But I think the reason why I ask those things is because when it comes to a new rock climber, I think you're just going to get better if you just rock climb. Right. Honest to God. Um, I don't think we need to overcomplicate things. I don't think you need to, if first off, if I can be honest, training takes a special person to feel like it's fun. Yeah. It's you know, not to, fun for the average To go person. in there and train. A lot of us didn't start rock climbing because we wanted to train something. We started rock climbing because we wanted to be social and we wanted to have some fun. Um, and that was why we were at the gym in the first place. And then when we start getting kind of better at it, we're excited and we want to kind of get even more better. So we decide that we're going to start training. And then... Right. We all, we've all met people who have different levels. So now we're training, we're using, we're using somebody else's template that maybe has been climbing for five or 10 years. And we're trying to accommodate that into our two year experience. So my biggest, I hear your story a lot is what I'm trying to say. Where uh, somebody who's only been climbing for a couple of years goes and they start hangboarding and they don't understand the, the delicacies of hangboarding and they injure their elbows or their shoulders or their fingers. Um, so that's, I was just curious if you're cognate of that at all. No, not at all. Um, I, I did not do any of the hangboarding. I, I remember specifically being told, Hey, stay away from the I would, I would. So the two, you know, and I've been, I've been working in gym like management for probably fuck it, like, eight almost eight years now and i would say since i just a spoiler alert kids you never have to grow up you never have to grow (laughs) up you have to get older but you don't have to grow up so i've been you know and i've seen the three biggest injuries i see or uh, the three biggest things that lead to these injuries that we're talking about hangboarding without number one of all the things that you do people a misunderstanding of what hangboarding is for because i see people i mean it's called a hangboard you should be hanging but i see people getting on like you know single pad dual pocket whatever and they're like trying to do these massive powerful pull-ups i'm like that's only gonna hurt you see that dinos it's only it's only gonna hurt you if you don't have the base right exactly to do that because that um, is like a power workout. Right, yeah. But there's a difference between, you know, you like you said earlier. Like a Michael, newer climber, yeah. Right, exactly. They see people hanging and they go, oh, I can do that. And they don't actually understand what it is they're doing. That, the second one, almost tied, would be boulder, some sort of bouldering, whether intentional training or not, and not a proper warm-up. I mean, that's sure. very common. So let's like clarify this, right? So you've never bouldered before. I mean, the not like you've never bouldered before, but like you spent most of your time rope climbing. I mean, a boulder is supposed to mimic the crux or the hardest part of a route. So I would 
go out on a limb and say that you probably didn't realize that bouldering is not rope climbing. You can rope climb a lot longer because there's all kind of that fluff climb in there where it's not the hardest part where you start bouldering. You're trying the hardest you can and you're overworking that muscle group. And then also the angles change. I mean, you've never climbed a route probably where the angle is 60 degrees, but now you're bouldering. Yeah. There aren't a lot of 10 a 10 B routes that are, you know, so just like an overwork thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 this is amazing. I mean, I, I never even considered this, but now it's like, I'm kind of going back and like replaying this in my head and I'm like, we finished out the season, um, what late October ish, probably yeah, mid October, sure. right after Oktoberfest. That's kind of doesn't that kind of fall in that? Well, it's probably probably uh, after like Thanksgiving. So like Oktoberfest kind of starts the season. Yeah. Okay. November's, Whatever. It was. November's prime. Yeah. And I have bad circulation anyway, so I can't sure. climb that late into the yeah. season. Um, and we were over at um, Air Ride. Where where where's that's that? That's at Solarium and yeah, Rally. Solarium. Great climb. Great climb. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a great send. It was one that I had a lot of fun. And I remember that one. There was there was a couple sections there where it was really steep. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. So that was probably what beginning of November. So I probably really had only been bouldering for a couple of months and really that was only once or twice a week at the most. So I was probably in like maybe 10 sessions total yeah um i don't know i'm kind of replaying all this with you guys (laughs) you get a couple you get a couple things so it's really interesting i always say when people start bouldering and so i'm nursing not like a full-on injury just like an over like you mentioned oh you wanted to be part of the cool kids club i want to yeah i'm not like hurt hurt like you lamos injuries aren't cool don't (laughs) don't do injuries but i so typically i have a friend who od'd on injuries i don't like bouldering i it's like I always my joke is bouldering is the vegetables of climbing. It's I not, like vegetables. It's, yeah, I like Brussels well, sprouts. Well, the joke gets lost because a lot of climbers are like vegetarian and vegan, so like that's all I eat. And I'm like, oh, well, I like ice cream and beer and not asparagus. But is, is beer vegan? Right, we're good. Uh, yeah, yeah beer's vegan, absolutely. So we're it good. is vegan. But regardless, I always say it's good for you, but I don't. It's not the fun part of climbing for me. I don't enjoy bouldering. And so I just won't, and then I'll finally like, okay, I need to get a little bit stronger. I need to do something. Let me start bouldering. I'll start tickling like the five, six. Mm, tickling. Nice. And then I get real excited. Like, okay, I'm back into some harder stuff, and then I'll just push myself too far, and then I overwork a pulley system, usually in my ring fingers. Um, and That's so, definitely the most pertinent, right. not pertinent, but the most uh, damaged finger. 100%. And so I know this feeling and I always say it's always, it's always the ring finger. But for me, when people go, okay, I feel like I'm hurting. I go, okay, what's your warm up like? Well, I do a V1, V0, maybe two. I do a one, maybe one V2 and I'll start climbing hard because they don't want to waste all their energy warming up to which I quickly respond. Well, if it's wasting energy, it's not a warm up, right? I mean, warm up's yeah. not supposed to wear you out. But what people forget is sport climbing, top rope, whatever rope, wall climbing what you said earlier michael you you climb a five nine there's if you're a five nine climber there's one or two moves in there that are the harder the crux right if you're a five ten climber one or two moves right at least in a gym setting um and so people will get up there and they're warming up as they go they can do a five eight they can do a five nine they can do a five ten and then get on their five eleven but bouldering is so hard on your body 
you can't just warm up your muscles. You have to warm up your tendons and those take longer. And so I always say, how long is your warm up? About 15, 20 minutes. And most hard boulders aren't even pushing, like getting at their limit, not even pushing their limit, but just at the bottom end of what they can do, least 45 minutes mm -hmm. to an hour. And the next thing you'll see, I I love the things that gym climbers do with all like bring books or something to occupy their time because you climb and then you wait. You don't get back on the wall in the yeah. next five minutes because you're putting a lot of strain on your body, you do your move and you get real excited. Oh, I'm one move away from finishing. Okay, I want to, no, stop for a second and recuperate because you jump back on the wall. You can only do so many very, very hard moves before your body starts going, okay, I don't like this anymore. And so bouldering and sports slash top rope, they're not the same as far as how you warm up. They're not the same as far as, you know, how much your body can take. And so, like I said, you got the people that don't warm up nearly enough. And then you get the people like me, they get overexcited because they're finally pushing that grade. And then every time, for me, it's happened four times now. It's always been, okay, there's this hard thing that I'm finally breaking into the next grade. It takes me two or three sessions on this one particular boulder problem I finally work out all the beta. I can do all the moves. Now I'm linking them up. And now I'm like, okay, I'm one move away. Mm -hmm. And I know next go, I got it. And then I just, I pull one move too hard. And I, uh, cause I'm so amped up about getting it that I'm not willing to just take it and go, okay, I'll get it next week. No, I got to come and do it today, right now. And then you feel, I mean, every every person who boulders, you, you know, like you feel that moment. Oh, that was the move I shouldn't yeah. have done. And worst case, it tweaks, and then you just throw some tape on it, and I'll try it tomorrow instead of, okay, maybe I should take a couple weeks off. Yeah, Just tape it up, and you'll be fine. So like I said, for me, outside of hangboarding and stupid stuff, you know, every, you know accidents, right. the vast majority you got either not a proper warm-up or not enough rest in between, and sometimes enough rest in between is a couple days. But to your point with you don't know because you were just so new to it but right. you boulder three four times a week because it's fun you're not realizing your body takes time to heal and it gets stronger on the off right. days which is kind of like a weird thing but you damn it you hurt your body you damage quote unquote by pushing yourself and then on the off days your body recuperates and that's getting stronger but we need to go back to the gym so at least that's in my experience working as a gym you know gym operator so so my question to you, Wit, is have you seen a, like, do you physically feel different than when you, you know, were six months out? So is there, are you f experiencing no pain at all now? Well, what I've done is I have immobilized it. So okay. I will, uh, I'll wrap up against, so it's left hand, ring finger, just like you. So I'll immobilize it to my, my middle finger. And then just really be aware of what I'm doing, and yeah. I've been I've been back five sessions, um, and and you know what I've <laughs> so funny I was just talking to my girlfriend yesterday, and I was like I am absolutely shocked that my finger hasn't hurt, mm. like it is, I'm blown away. I I can't explain it because for the last two years I've been battling with. Um, I'll tell you what the worst part of it was is tying my shoe for whatever reason. Really? Like right after the injury oh, when I was yeah. down there trying to tie a shoe because it's just like a little delicate and you're kind of crimping in there and you're trying to pull this thing. Um, and it would it would just like, it would be a shoot of pain. You would feel it. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
five, you know, five, probably five times back so far. And yeah. I, I can't explain it because I haven't had surgery. Sure, yeah. You've just maybe had enough time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, So you're saying that it, it did bother you in your everyday, like in these like little nuanced things that it, you would feel the pain. It wasn't well, just rock climbing. And then the, the recovery period after it was even worse. I mean, uh, you know, other things, pulling up my pants, you know, like right after the injury, like trying to pull up my, you know, I'm putting my pants on, I'm pulling yeah. my pants and there was a little pressure up against the, you know, the, the end of yeah. my, uh, the end of my finger and it would just be a horrible pain. And it's it's all gone. I I, I literally can't explain it. That's um, awesome. And it so, was just so you did you stop experiencing that pain like tying your shoes or like putting on pants and that's what got you to go back to the gym too or was it like it was kind of just New Year's resolution actually. <laughs> nice. No, I really thought about it and we talked about this earlier in the conversation. Uh, we talked about you know what what the, tell me about what's gotten you into this thing and. Um, on the bright side of all of this, it's like, I look back on these memories and I don't think, and I don't, um, dwell on like falling on like my last hold or sending something hard. Like I remember the getting to the top. I don't remember if I had to take a couple of sure, times yeah. and like looking over the Valley and just being like, this is unbelievable. It's the last route of the day. And, uh, Hopefully my finger holds like I, I'm, I'm going to try and do everything that I can uh, over the next couple of months. Uh, right now, I kind of just have been going once a week and I sure. haven't had any pain. Yeah. And uh, hopefully in March and April, we're uh, we're go. down there. Maybe you guys need like a kind of a rest day and all. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've never injured a finger. Um, I've never, you know, really hurt myself rock climbing. And, but I have experienced like tweaks, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime I've ever experienced a tweak, it's been in the gym. And I think it's because we end up climbing the same things over and over and over again, where outside I very seldom climb a route, unless I'm like projecting it, I very seldom climb it multiple times. Um, So if I find that something is tweaky in the gym, I just like walk away from it. If it's my shoulder, it's if it's my finger, if it's my knee, whatever. I'm like, there's a thousand boulder problems or there's, you know, 50 boulder problems in this gym. Why am I climbing this one that's going right. to hurt me? Right. So I don't uh, use pockets at all, especially bouldering. Like, cause they're I mean, terrifying. Those, those gym holds is those. No, I mean, if I can get three, fingers okay fine but like those two finger pockets i just especially boulder if i look at that i don't even climb it i don't care if it's v1 v0 you know because for me like you michael like every time i look back those are the ones that tweak me the most and i'm like it's a gym boulder problem it's gonna be up for a month it's i'm not gonna feel badass about sending whatever i'd rather not hurt myself in a gym and for me i think part of it inside i'm almost overconfident because it's my environment that i'm not like outside out there's a little bit of nervousness that like calms me down a little bit i go inside the gym oh, who cares it's gym climbing i'll do whatever and then i try a little you know i pull a little too hard on something being overconfident in the move and that's where i've always hurt myself so wit before this did you like full crimp do you know like what that stuff is like oh yeah crimping? absolutely okay yeah it was I was, yeah. I mean, I I, I can't explain it. Yeah. I, it it just happened. Um, 
You know, I, I go back and, and really this is the first time and going back earlier to the conversation too, I just kind of said, yeah, it was kind of just like an embarrassing thing and I just didn't really want to think about it. And like, yeah, I came back and I saw everybody and they were all, you know, feeling bad and sorry for me and all this stuff. And then, you know, one thing that I do that, that you know, that's kind of bubbling up through this conversation is um, there's a sense of watching people around you. You know, you mm-hmm. see these guys who, you know, who may be a great climber or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not such a great climber and you're seeing them bouldering, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've been doing it for a long time or a short time. And you think that you can do it right away. Sure, yeah. Cause I remember watching these guys climb uh, on the boulder all day, every day. And I'd be on the ropes three days a week. And then we'd be doing, you know, aerobics another day. And then you get up there and you're like, well, these guys are doing this, you know, five days a week. I should be fine. Sure. And maybe yeah. the reality is, is you shouldn't be doing that at, at that point. Or you see someone like warming up on a V3 and they make it look easy because they're a V9 climber. And like, oh, sure. well, that looks easy. I could do that. And then you realize, oh, wait, I'm not warming up on V3. No. I'm maybe can't even warm up on V0. I mean, I know a lot of climbers right. and I'm like, get on the auto blade real quick bef- and get your muscles going before. Because if you're a V0 climber, that's not a warm up for you. But you sure. see it. I see you see good climbers all the time make stuff look super easy and you go I can do that maybe not yeah and it's like <laughs> unfortunately I made the decision to do that you know and and I went down that road and um, obviously lost something that I loved for for a long time mm-hmm. and if I could like go back I would have never touched that boulder <laughs> yeah totally. I, I mean honestly I, I wouldn't it would if I if I would have known if I would have realized the implications uh, even getting that strength and being able to, you know, progress a little quicker by working in something that some guy on the internet, you know, the linear progression sure, or whatever yeah. that thing is, it's like if I could go back, I wouldn't do that in a heartbeat. It sounds like it was heroin or something. Oh uh, yeah, because <laughs> Michael, you pointed this out, and we have a similar opinion. I th- we both, I think, people start air quote here training before they need to train necessary i mean sometimes at some point just go and climb more so do you think michael um because there's so much literature and podcasts and videos about all these great training programs and how whether it's peak training or limit or all these various things that are designed to make you climb the next level there's how to climb 512 and all these other things do you think part of that it there's an encouragement to that training is more beneficial than just go to the gym more or whatever climb. You can't, you know, climb three days a week. If just climb more, Mm -hmm. do you think part of this like desire to train because it's now a sport and not just something a bunch of hippies do outside, but it's, it's a definable sport now. Do you think that's what's pushing a lot of these injuries is? So you're asking, do I believe that because of the mass production of training literature and influence, right, we're seeing more injuries because it seems like something you should do. I, I don't know if I can necessarily answer that just because I'm not well versed in the training world or like what I, one thing I can say, and I think what Wit is it, it has expressed to us is that we look out into our environment and we see what other people are doing. And, and we, we think, and we want to do it, and we think that we can do it too. Hmm. And I would encourage the new climber to do, to, and I, and I mean this not only in training. I mean this in like lead climbing outside, or learning how to build anchors, or placing pro in a crack. Take your time, be slow. 
you don't need to climb 512. You don't need to be able to free, you know, this 510 crack on lead. You don't need to be doing those things. You need to just be rock climbing safely because you know what is really, really strong rock climbing? Being healthy. Yeah. Plain and simple. The, the strongest you'll ever be is healthy. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the pros and even whatever, they're marginally injured to some extent. But well, none of us are pros. Like part of the reason why we have this podcast is we're just a bunch <laughs> of dudes yeah. acting like bros, you know, just talking about spraying about rock climbing. So my encouragement to you would be just go out and rock climb. Watch people's technique because I think a lot of times you could be a much better rock climber if you spent less time trying to get bigger forearms or impress the girl that you think's cute behind the counter and just learning She's not proper with you anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows Lenore. Go back to episode two of our, you know, we yeah. talk about that. Nobody really cares. Yeah. So I would encourage you. And I think it, as a climber who's been around, I don't know, for a while, I, I think it's our, our job too, to let like newer climbers or people who've never trained before, or never bouldered before, or never hunt, like never used a hangboard that, Hey, there's consequences to this. Sure. And look after those people so that they don't accidentally injure themselves. Cause you know, it sucked when wit couldn't climb. Cause I didn't get to see wit for a while. And I was like, shit wit. I don't care about you sending this five eleven. I want you to be around at the gym. Oh climbing. Not <laughs> yeah. hanging out. Like, and no I think route. you realize at the end of the day, it's climbing. I think at the root of it, and we've all said it before numerous times, it's about community and not really stop trying to climb so dang hard all the time. If it's Oh no, I'm trying to climb to the moon, man. Okay. I'm, well, I'm trying to be a pro rock climber. Good luck with that. But I think, you know, remember it's just go and climb and when you're getting caught up again, if you want to train, some people love training. Sure. Training's great. People are weird. Right. Yes, yeah. they are. But, you know, train, have fun with it if that's your thing. If you don't want to train, don't train. At the end of the day, I think it's about listening to your body and don't get so caught up in an end game, whatever that end game is. If it's a grade or a style or whatever, like, oh, I need to do this. Well, hold on. Like, take your time and realize we're all, I mean, our bodies are only capable of so much. I mean, and you see someone who looks super strong. Well, yeah, maybe they've been climbing for 10 years and they know what they're doing. And you've been climbing for six months and you don't know what you're doing and mm -hmm. you don't have to be at their level. Just yeah, don't compare yourself. Don't right. compare yeah, yourself. Yeah, and I think a lot, to your point, Mike, I think a lot of people, that's where the injuries really start happening is we feel like, and I get it all the time, we both have been climbing at the same time. You're climbing V6, I'm topping out at V3, but we've been climbing, so I should be at your level, so I'm pushing myself too hard. It's like we're all different. And at the end of the day, listen to your body. And if you're tired, you're tired. And if it hurts, then it hurts. Don't push yourself past it. Yeah. Don't go snowboarding. Don't go well, snowboarding. Well, I think one thing that you touched on, Michael, is a sense of obligation to mentor. Because um, I go back, and if I rewind, and I'm sitting there in December, right, and I'm in my fifth bouldering session, right, and I just cranked this V5 for the first what, – what, at the time, it was like V3 to V5. There was like a range or sure, whatever. Yeah. And like you crank this thing, and, uh, you know – 
I think one thing that the kind of the community owes to itself is how do you effectively communicate to that person that I was? Sure. Right. Like, how do you? Because I remember like admiring you and 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 watching your movement because you were climbing real strong. You were, you know, I saw you going. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fell and hurt your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I think it is. It, it's a very challenging thing that we all kind of need to ask ourselves is like, hey. Yeah, and not not to make myself the martyr or whatever, but like that next wit who was like, "Hey, we were having a great time together," and you guys didn't have any idea you weren't sure. paying attention. Yeah, right. I didn't have any idea. I just saw Tyler, you know, crank that V three V five, whatever it was. I was like, "Oh, I should be able to do that next week," mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever that might be. It's like, how do you effectively communicate to help somebody avoid that? Because at the end of the day, I'm missing just being outside with my bros exactly you know and it's like all of that isn't worth anything sure and i don't know it's it's a challenging so i for me the what i'm interested in is relationships right so like i think when it comes to and obviously we're not saying anything poorly about our friends that you know provided this material to you and said hey if you want to take it to the next level you know, this is, you made the choice yourself to take it to the next level, but I think it's important for us as a climbing community to, if I see you doing something unsafe, I'm going to tell you the same way. If I think you're doing unsafe and a, and you're going to hurt yourself, I'm going to tell you. So, right. If you're lead Blaine out the crag and you got a ton of slack out, I'm be like, Hey dude, that's dangerous. You're going to kill somebody fill in the blank. If I see at the gym, and you're only climbing crimpy routes and I'm going to come up to you and say like, Hey man, how'd your fingers feel? Like, Hey, did you warm up well enough? Like, Hey, how many days have you been in the gym? Five days in a row. Holy crap, man. Like, don't you feel tired? Like, do you, are, are you, you know, like the big thing is just letting somebody know, or like, if I see you out there training, I'm like, Whoa, what, why are you, why are you training strength right now? Well, cause I'll, you know, I want to take it to the next level. Okay. Well, I don't know if, it's hard because I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but at the same point, right. I'm your friend. I care about you. I don't want yeah, to get I try hurt. to I try to think about how how you could have effectively communicated that to me, right? Without being like, dude, that guy's a dick. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> that guy just doesn't want me to he's, succeed. Yeah, he's scared that I'm going to be climbing harder than him girl. next month. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take his girl after I send his project. And and we're none of us are trainers, and we so we don't know. I mean, you've gone through my lead class. I'm, I I have that side of things, but it's it's usually more safety and fear management than here's how to be a good climber. Right. Right. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it, I like to go down to what do you, what do you want out of climbing? So one of my main climbing partner, you know, Eric Chesney. Good freaking dude. Yeah. Great dude. Strong. I mean, he's in great God, he looks shape. Like a Greek God. Yeah. It's stupid. He's got like 19 I mean, kids and it's he looks chiseled. Like he it's made out of granite or something. It <laughs> makes me upset about myself. I got no kids yet, but I am. I already have a dad bod, you know. But he caps out real at a strong, you know. Five eleven is great. Five twelve messes with him, and I always ask him like, "Hey man, what do you want out of climbing? I want to climb hard. Okay, great. If you could give up everything but one thing in your life, what would it be? Climbing, dude? No, it wouldn't. You have four kids. Like if you've got a family, that takes priority over climbing." Right, and so How I was. Badass would it be if he's like my kids? Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> I give up my kids. So I give up my kids. But I think that's real, and I think we we forget that these super strong climbers. That's their one thing. They don't have families, 
or they don't have. Damn, like, I don't know if that's true. Tommy Caldwell's got a beautiful family. That's fair, but and you he, know he did the Donald. He did the Donald. And Alex Honnold, I mean, he's so in love. He's probably gonna have a family soon. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm captivated. He's but, giving me hope. I'm not saying. But I'm, he doesn't. I'm yeah, looking, I mean, and he's these guys. Obviously, the pro climbers can devote all of their time to it. But I think we forget that. Right. And so I'm always going, and I had a guy, you mentioned like you're climbing five days a week. I literally a couple weeks ago had a guy come up, hey man, you know, this is my lunch break thing. What can I do if I want to climb five days a week? And I was like, why do you? Well, you can climb five days a week if you go in for an hour. Right, like if, right. If you're going in But I asked him that, like. Cranking two and a half hour yeah. session. Right, and yeah. so that's what, but that's what I asked. Like, are you looking at just like a quick hour? Are you trying to push yourself literally as to your limit for five days in a row. You just understand that at some point your body needs a right. break. And so I, I always say, and it can go about, we always, it's all about managing expectations and what do you want out of climbing? And if it's not fun, don't do it. But at the end of the day, you said it, Michael, don't compare yourself. Like we're here trying, we're all here trying our hardest, right? I mean, that's, that's what climbing is about is I want to push myself to my limit but realize that your limit and my limit and everybody else's, they're not necessarily the same. So yeah. I mean, comparison's dangerous. And because it's so internal and your muscles and your tendons are not mine and we don't have the same, I mean, body weight and height and all the things really change the entire, mm -hmm. I, mean, I know people that climb five, five days a week hard. I mean, uh, you know, Ryan Mathis doesn't have, he, I don't know, he, I don't get it. Dude climbs V9, V10, on, <laughs> right? He climbs hard five days a week. I don't get it. I can't do that. But guess what? We're not the same person. So I can't be like, I really miss, right? I think it boils down to what you said with, like, you just pay attention to what your body's telling you. Sure. And when it starts tweaking, take a second, calm down. You don't have to push yourself too hard, you know, because you do, and then you're out for two years. Sure. So, so with, you know... Right, we're treating we're treating injuries like it's heroin or something like to some extent. We're like, well, I mean, it's cool if you use it every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, um, what do you have goals for rock climbing? Like, you know, yeah, you I do. Um, and I think uh, being a part of the the conversation and the podcast today really has kind of emboldened a goal that I had no idea was going to come out of this conversation. And that's maybe you're talking a lot of, a lot about being like internally, intrinsically aware of like mm -hmm. what your body is doing. Um, I think that I can walk out onto that mat and uh, look around and, and be a little bit more. What does that be? Extrinsically. Yeah, you can be extroverted. Introverted, extroverted. extroverted. Be, yeah. Just paying attention more to my my surroundings and being like, hey, I've seen this guy in the gym two or three times, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. I could, I might be able to lend a word of advice, or maybe if you see somebody yeah. that's walking down that road uh, that I did, you know, a couple of years ago, and you'd be like, "Hey, you know, I know, I know a, a great guy who got into this, and and he was just going full bore and, and didn't realize what he was doing." Um, so I think for me, you know, my goal number one is going to be to have fun and, and get back to to the love of it and uh, having a, a fun day at the crag, and then obviously the sin beer. Yeah, uh, important. beer at the end of the day, but also kind of taking a little bit of uh, responsibility and obligation on myself to talk about these things that happen to me personally and, and hopefully impact 
somebody else's own reflection of themselves. Oh, sure. I think at the, you know, as I think about a lot of this, going back on all of it, it, it was, there was some pressure and there's no reason that I needed sure. to feel that pressure yeah. around me, but it's like, well, we apply pressure well, to ourselves before the people around us. Right. We think we've got to be well, better. We want to keep up, you know, like yeah. you, I remember when I started rock climbing, I was mentored heavily and I feel very grateful. That I was mentored heavily where, you know, the people who I was coming with said, no, you don't lead climb until you climb, you know, this hard in the gym. And if you climb this hard at the gym, then we'll start teaching you how to mock lead. And it's not until you've mastered this mock leading that we'll teach you how to mock belay and so on and so forth. And it was very regimented and it, and it honestly instilled a lot of really good practices in me. But I also remember the inverse operation of that. It was, I had these goals that I wanted to meet and I wanted to, I wanted to keep up with those guys and girls. And that's really, I found myself, you know, six months to a year in my climbing and thinking, do I want to keep rock climbing or am I just wanting to meet this grade or meet this goal so that I can keep up with these people? And, you know, those people didn't give a crap if I climbed this hard or if I could lead belay. At all. Yeah, no one gives a crap about any of that stuff. They're just looking out at, you know, looking out for your best interest. And I feel very fortunate that that happened. And I like to try and instill that to my friendships and the people that I talk to. Um, And the big thing, too, is like I'm obnoxious. I'll tell you the truth. You know, it's like if I'm at the crag and you're like doing a bad job belaying or, you know, you're skipping bolts and you're pulling rope (laughs) out. That's a bat clip. Maybe don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, just things along those lines. It's it's because we are a community. And I think having this conversation is really hitting the nail on the head where you're saying I, my goal is to let that next person know who may be putting themselves into danger that, Hey, you can get hurt and it's not going to be the injury that you think it's going to be. It's going to be like a pull. Yeah. You're not going to take a bad fall and break your ankle. No, you're going to pull too hard. And exactly. So, um, I, I feel very fortunate for that, but I mean, we are running out of time a little bit. Cool. So, I mean, can I say one other thing here? Go before for it, man. Go? Here, here's something that came back. I ran into Nick, uh, Nick Summy, and, and great guy. I love him. And it was like uh, I hadn't seen, you know, I had just seen him yesterday. And and something he said to me right when I came up, I gave a big hug, and I was like, "Hey, man, sorry, I kind of fell off the radar with this injury. I was a lot of things going on behind the scenes in sure. my own head as it pertained to this." And I guess there's over at Miller, there's a, a new crag or Camelot. Never, Neverland, or Neverland, yeah. Is it, it's, it's not, just it's not public. Full, yeah. Is it it's full new. of moderates? Yeah. Well, the, the Camelot is the true. It's been announced by the coalition. It is full of moderates. Yeah. Um, it, it, Neverland has not been publicly produced yet. Okay. So well, well hopefully I didn't just get him in trouble. But uh, <laughs> he didn't, did he tell you Neverland? I don't think he told. You I, I can't remember. He what probably it was. told you Camelot. It was Camelot, whatever yeah. it was. And he said, "Wit." He said, it, "He is like." I only have one thing to say. He's like, I cannot wait to go climb moderates with you at Camelot or whatever yeah, the yeah. thing was. And then it's like, you know, that's that's full circle. It's like he didn't care if I sent, f- you know, freaking air ride at the solarium. Sure, it was all about having fun. Yeah, are you having fun? And yeah, you get to the top. I tell people all the time, like, stop send training. Oh, I got it. No, did you have fun? And at the end of the day, I tell people, you remember this. At the, if if climbing stops being fun, stop. Tell that in my lead class. If you're not having fun, do something else. But to your point, Michael, I always say to the new climber, don't seek out the strong climbers. Seek out the experienced, like the ones who have been around you. If you're right. new, 
hey, I don't want to hurt myself or, hey, I want to just make sure I do this the right way. You get to see that. You ch- Go to your gym. Go well, to your crack. Well, the thing, crack. too, is experience and strength are not – they're not necessarily correlated. No. They're, um, mm. you know, and there is a correlation. A lot of the really strong climbers have been around, but some people are just strong. And I'm like, listen, go to the people – that, that have been around the block, that they know they've hurt themselves and they know what it's like and they've climbed this or they haven't climbed that and just go like, hey, I'm re- seek out those because it's communal and we all want people. To, the, good, the climbers that are a part of the community, they want to expand that community. They want to make sure people are in the community long term. We don't care. It's not a – we don't want you to be like, oh, it's fun and then bye. No, we want you to be here and we want you to stay here. So a lot we, – we're looking out for you guys and – um, that's, that's kind of the point is, Hey, you look like you've been around the block. I want to do this. Oh, hold on. Be careful. You know, and, sure. and you don't need to be, get a big head about it, but have fun, you know, have, listen to your body. Don't push yourself too hard. And remember that it's, we're all wrestling pebbles and we're just trying our best to make sense of it all. Sounds pretty good. Love it. Yeah. So just like Tyler said, it's our, it's our duty as a community to, monitor our our uh community members so if you got a friend out there who's training that hasn't been climbing very long just don't be afraid to tell them hey hey these are the consequences if you're doing this wrong or if you're not ready um and don't compare yourself too much to other people just have fun and enjoy a good beer cheers boys cheers yeah. thanks for having me on the show all right bye